The leader of the Wagner Group has been killed in a crash. We are, of course, confirming those details with me is our Russia editor, Steve uh, Rosenberg. Steve, we're getting these reports. Obviously, uh, the Russian media uh, are reporting that Yevgeny Prigozhin was among the people on this plane. We can confirm he was on the passenger list. We can't confirm that he was on the plane. Just talk us through what that's we know. That's right. And that's important to, to uh, emphasize. There's still a lot we don't know about what happened, the circumstances of this crash. We know, according to the Russian aviation, uh, aviation Agency, that Mr. Prigozhin was on the list of passengers um, for this flight. Uh, we know no more than that. Um, we don't know the circumstances of the crash. But interestingly, this happened two months to the day since the start of the Wagner mutiny. If you go back to June uh, and those remarkable events when we saw the paramilitary group led by Mr. Prigozhin um, begin this mutiny and launch what it called the March of Justice uh, to remove the military leadership of the Russian Federation. And they marched into the city of Rostov and basically took over the city or the, the, the major military um, installations in that city. And they marched on. And uh, the following day, it seemed as if they were heading to Moscow. Uh, and this was a huge challenge laid down by Mr. Prigozhin uh, and the Wagner commanders to the leadership of the Kremlin and to President Putin. They didn't get to Moscow because by the end of the day, a deal had been done by President Putin and Mr. Prigozhin, and the mutiny was over within a day. And that left a lot of people scratching their heads, and there was a deal done. And even though uh, a number of Russian servicemen were killed in this mutiny, um, Mr. Prigozhin was allowed to go scot-free. Uh, and he, according to this deal, he had to leave Russia and move to Belarus, taking with him those Wagner fighters who remained loyal to him. Um, and that caused a lot of unease, even in the, in the Russian newspapers, which are pretty heavily controlled by the state. Questions were asked, how come someone like Mr. Prigozhin can organize a mutiny, uh, which leads to the death of Russian servicemen, and yet uh, charges are dropped against him? So those questions have been asked over the last two months, and people have been openly talking about whether uh, there would be an attempt on his life, um, whether we would see the return of Mr. Pedagogian, even though he um, appeared in Belarus, he appeared in Africa, would he return to the, to the Russian scene? If it's true that he was on board that plane that has crashed, uh, then, well, that is the end of the Prigozhin story, the, this remarkable story of a man who started out as a hot dog seller in St. Petersburg in the 1990s and became the kind of go-to man for the Kremlin, the, the fix-it man for the Kremlin. When they didn't want people to know about things they were doing, they would go to Mr. Prigozhin, whether it was uh, internet-related, internet troll farms, whether it was paramilitary groups active in, for example, Syria, or more recently in Ukraine, he was the man who President Putin went to to get things done on the quiet. 
But in the recent months, we saw uh, a figure, Mr. Prigozhin, becoming publicly critical, particularly of the, the military leadership of Russia, quarrelling publicly with the defence minister, the chief of the general staff, uh, becoming more confident in his outbursts, his audio messages posted online, his videos posted online, critical of uh, Russia's war in Ukraine, um, and leading to those events of two months ago, the mutiny. Mm. And Steve, you know this story inside out. Um, I believe you were in Moscow um, when Evgeny Prigozhin uh, made that audacious move. What first came to your mind when you heard this news that th there was a possibility that he had died in a plane crash? Well, as I say, people have been discussing for, for, for weeks now whether this tussle between uh, different forces in and around the Kremlin would end with Mr. Prigozhin's death. As I say, we don't know the full circumstances of this particular crash. We cannot even confirm at the moment uh, that he was on board. He was on the list of passengers, yes, uh, as the Russian authorities claim. Um, but um, there will be people in Russia who are not surprised by this news, that, that's for sure. And in terms of the implications, um, how would this be viewed in Russia, for instance? Well, I think as far as the Russian public goes, the vast majority of Russians are more concerned, to be honest, with hunkering down, getting through life, right? Life is getting more difficult for Russians in terms of the economy, the standard of living. And um, although this will be playing out on, on Russian television, um, I think the biggest concern for Russians is getting through life at the moment, which is becoming harder. And what about the group that he led, the Wagner military group? Yeah. What, it'll does, be, what does that look like without Yevgeny Prigozhin? It'll be interesting to see what, what happens to Wagner because, um, you know, Yevgeny Prigozhin was very much there at the creation of Wagner, but it's the Wagner commanders who play the key role, right? Um, if he has been killed in this crash, then what implications does that have for Wagner? Will it continue to exist uh, as a group? Will it, will it not exist? I think as far as the Russian authorities are concerned, Wagner played a particularly important role in Africa, in African countries, in uh, its relations there with different uh, political regimes. Uh, uh, which were quite profitable for the Kremlin. So will that continue? You would think the Kremlin would be keen to make sure it does continue. Mm. And how do we understand the relationship between Yevgeny Prigozhin and Vladimir Putin? Because it's been a bit confusing at times, perhaps, for casual observers. Uh, we've seen videos of uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin uh, making strong demands when this was uh, the time of uh, the, the war in Ukraine and the uh, Wagner soldiers were making some significant gains but not getting the equipment they wanted. And we know that from his history he's been a very key, important part of uh, Vladimir Putin's ambitions. What, how did that relationship progress to a point where we saw the mutiny and now this? Yeah, a bit confusing is an understatement. Very confusing, but that's, that sums Russia up. I think there's a lot we don't know, there's a lot we don't understand about what's going on in the background. 
What we do know is that Yevgeny Prigozhin, yes, uh, over the last few months have become publicly critical, but not directly of Vladimir Putin, right? His criticism was directed um, almost completely at the military leadership of Russia. So the defense minister, Sergei Shoigu, and the chief of the general staff, uh, Valery Gerasimov. He blamed these figures for Russia doing badly on the battlefield. And he accused them of holding back ammunition uh, from Wagner. Um, so he grew increasingly critical, vocal, he was very vocal in his criticism, but avoided criticizing Vladimir Putin directly. But when you organize a mutiny... I'm so sorry, Steve. I'll just jump in a moment just to show our viewers these images that are just coming into us. These are from uh, flightradar24.com. They should show up on your screen. There they are. And they show uh, the route of the plane from Moscow as it headed northwest across Russia towards its destination of St. Petersburg. Now, uh, this as I said, shows uh, the movement and the progress on the flight path. Russia's emergencies ministry said that according to preliminary information, all 10 people on board died. The private jet, which is reportedly owned by Mr. Prigozhin, came down in the Tver region. And uh, you'll remember, of course, that Mr. Prigozhin led a brief mutiny of Wagner troops in June. Well, as the plane flies away from Moscow, the screen then goes blank as the plane disappears from radar. So we're trying to piece the picture together and, of course, corroborate um, what we've been hearing from the Russian um, authorities. So sorry to butt in there, Steve. But um, Interestingly, you, just one thing, yes. looking at that map, mm. uh, what occurs to me is, because Mr. Prigozhin, according to the deal that was done, with the Kremlin, mm. was supposed to leave Russia and move to Belarus uh, two months ago. That was one of the conditions that was laid down by the Kremlin. Um, patently, he didn't do that because we know that he's been popping up uh, regularly in Russia since then. Yes, he has been seen in Belarus. Uh, there were reports of him being seen in, in Africa. Uh, but we know that he, he has been traveling back and forwards to Russia. Mm -hmm. And during the recent Afri Russia-Africa summit in St. Petersburg, um, while Vladimir Putin was hosting African leaders, at the same time, Mr. Prigozhin uh, was meeting uh, African officials too. Uh, photographs appeared of him smiling and meeting, meeting uh, African officials. So uh, clearly the... Um, conditions of that deal that was done with the Kremlin were not met uh, in full. As you say, it's an extraordinarily murky picture. <laughs> and uh, I think it's also worth you just reminding us uh, why it's so important to be careful with the details, to take time to verify the details, because the picture isn't always clear, is it, what's, what's actually going on? I mean, very often the picture in Russia is murky, uh, especially right after breaking news. We don't have all the details, and uh, I think it's important at the moment to say, to stress that yes, Russian officials are saying that Mr. Prigozhin was on the list of passengers on that plane, and that's all we know. That plane crashed. 